Welcome back to Who Are You, a CSI podcast. I am Lauren, and I've seen CSI through and through around three to four times. And I'm Nick, and this is my first time watching these episodes. And today we are reviewing Season 1, Episode 17, Facelift, original air date March 8th, 2001. Director is Lou Antonio. Writers are Anthony E. Zyker and Josh Berman. And correct me if I'm wrong, is it a 0 out of 5 Vegas score? No, we have a today. open... We haven't... Well... So this was a tough Vegas score. We- oh, yeah. So I think I might have missed an initial scene because my first line of notes is Jeep pulling up to store. So this is what the there's like three cuts. And okay. I, I I had this thing where I wasn't sure how to, to do it. So the first scene is only like two or three seconds long. And it's of the strip. Okay. And then there's a cut to a bunch of typical Vegas residential block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the houses look the same. Yep. And I was thinking, oh, this is probably going to be... I wouldn't... I don't often count that. But then they take another angle of that same residential area, and you can see the strip in the background, right? Mm -hmm. So then it's all kind of Vegas-y. So I think it technically would have been a three, but because of that heavy residential block, I decided it deserved... I should really just cut... Like, if you can't see a casino... Mm. or mm-hmm. like something else super iconic yep then i was like it shouldn't count so we're relatively low score to two but just barely got into the two category okay it was it was very close to being a one and uh, but yeah pretty low low vegas score uh, i think the lowest we've had in a long since we, <laughs> since we had a zero that one time yes yes but like yeah yeah it's a pretty low, low vegas score yeah, so we have a Jeep pulling up to a store. We see who we assume are the owners come out of the Jeep. They're a couple. They enter the store. They realize that they have been robbed in the process of looking through their store and kind of taking inventory of the damage. They find a dead body. Wah, wah, wah. These uh, these two actors, I don't, I don't know if they know somebody. We don't see them again. No. But they really ham it up in this scene. They They're, have like three lines four lines each and they're like really playing it up and i was like is this someone's cousin like (laughs) it's like the director's brother like like, psyker did you bring these guys in did you do a favor for somebody or is it just like a casting agency and they just like you know yeah whenever we need somebody who delivers like five lines or less yeah they send someone over and these guys were like we're gonna we're gonna this is what we're gonna do and they're like talk to each other they're like all right we're gonna we're gonna do it really well. One thing about this uh, opening scene too is they keep talking about like, ah, oh, I wish they wouldn't trash the place so much. And it didn't look like, that trashed. There's all this like broken stuff, and they like never come back to any of the no. like any of the stuff. It's and that's why I was like, did they ad lib that line? <laughs> I mean, as probably not great paid actors in this show, I would think not. Yeah. But I could be wrong. Well, as I said, well, if you're like the, you know, related or some, the dirt, the direct me get away with it and you go, Hey, listen, Steve, you got to like read the script. Don't, don't be throwing that extra yeah, stuff in don't. there. But then you get the editing booth and the editor is like, yeah, I kind of like that. I'll just leave it in. Yeah, I'll leave it in there. So we then have Nick Grissom and Catherine arriving on the scene. We learn from Jim Brass that the victim is Joseph Felton, 44 years old. We see Catherine dusting for prints, Nick taking photos and then we get the guess from Grissom that the robbery suspect and the murder victim are one and the same. So he yeah. thinks that the murder victim is responsible for the robbery. So, Which I feel like we all thought that, but also 
who else was there. Yes. Yeah, like he didn't just collapse on his own. Like he has obvious injuries to his person. So he like didn't just collapse on his clothes. own. He had gl- I think he had gloves on. I think so. And it's like, yeah, okay. And this guy looks like he's he looks he looks like somebody you put in a TV show to rob a rob a safe. Yeah. Like, um, in a pottery store because they're obviously taking in millions. Yeah. The other thing I realized though is like because they make a maybe more of a deal of it. They show the safe. It's clearly been cut with a laser. Yes. There are no tools there. So like whoever else was there had to clean Yeah, it had up. to take the laser. So it's not back like he it's not like he died accidentally when a piece of right, pottery right, fell right. off. A shelf. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like those kind of things I ruled out very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Nick has promised me that he has some really good predictions for this episode. So well, I am I, I am looking forward to I have to some them. roller coaster predictions. Okay. Sorry. Uh, roller coaster predictions. Uh, we pop on over to credit. So we go to Doc Robbins with Nick and Catherine. We learn that the victim's death was instantaneous due to several hits to the head. They He also notes glitter found in the wound, which is a mineral. He has sent it off to Trace to learn what type of mineral it is. Catherine also combs the victim's hair and evidently is a plant expert because she immediately finds out that the <laughs> yes. victim is covered in fern spores. Yes, the fact that, you know... When they look at it under a microscope, maybe it's a little bit more obvious. And maybe it's one of the like things you can learn in your forensic classes, right, is to identify certain yep. things like that. Because spores do have, like, well, spores and seeds, they can look very similar. But, like, when she's first looking, like, you can't tell at all. No. They just, look, so, like, yeah. they just look like flecks. Yeah. And really, they look more like little mini peppercorns when you get them. Yes, in yes, that's a perfect description. Right. Yes, and but yeah, that would be like so hard to tell with the naked eye, and you know, not to be ageist or anything, but there's one thing I've learned as I get older is that very few people can see well in a dark lit room <laughs> very <laughs> for fair. very small objects. Yes, you know. Yes, so it's like that. The autopsy room is it's like cast in shadow everywhere except like right under that one light yep yeah and so i was kind of like uh, yeah we'll just let that yeah i was kind of I, I i thought i had the same thought as you but i didn't write it down because i was like oh, i guess i'll just let that one go yeah, but, yeah no, i couldn't i couldn't i, I like, couldn't let that one go because <laughs> they do show it like under a microscope sh- shortly after mm-hmm. or a recreation of it like when they did like the flashback yeah so yeah that was a. Uh, and then they make a big deal out of it and i kept like being like well where is this gonna come back like you know where it the spores do, are. They're right outside the door. Ba, it's like ba, oh, ba, ba, ba. <laughs> I think she said like oh, it's a place our place him at the at the crime scene. Oh, not finding his dead body will place him. <laughs> <laughs> like pretty sure we could already place him at the crime scene. Crazy enough, but I mean that proves that he came in via the back door instead of the front yeah, door. Yeah. So we then go to Catherine walking over to Grissom. They have a conversation where Grissom lets her know that there is a single print match from the scene, and it is a match to Melissa Marlowe, who is a kidnapping victim from 21 years ago from Colorado. And so now Grissom is saying that they have two cases related to this homicide. They have trying to find the murderer as well as trying to track down Melissa Marlowe. Yeah, I very instantaneously decided that these two cases were still going to be related to each other. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. And it's a big part of where where my prediction of rodeo comes in. Oh, okay. But it, it was kind of like, I, I, I was like, oh, that's a real clever way to add us to that case. And I went, no, I just feel like with this show, these two cases, they're coming back together. 
Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. they made a thing like, oh, there's dust on it. It's from a couple weeks ago. And, you know, they they go down that whole rabbit yep. hole. Yep. But I was just like, my initial gut thought was they got to be related in, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. They are. Um, they are indeed. But yeah, I was like, first, but I, but it just, all it really did was make me wish they weren't. That's right? fair. Yeah. Like, like yep. I was like, what a cool way to spin it off. And then I, I think the first time I watched this, I was like, 21 years ago, nobody is going to remember the name of somebody who was kidnapped 20 years ago. Catherine was like, oh, why is this, that name familiar or whatever? And yes. then the second time I watched it, all I could think is, of is John Benet Ramsey. Right. And everyone can and tell you it, about well, the John Benet depending, Ramsey. Depending well, how old you are. <laughs> anyone of our age yeah, or can tell you about John Benet Ramsey. I, that's the dad, right? John Benet Ramsey. And is it? I forgot no. the girl's name. The girl's John Benet. Joan or, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, the Benet Ramsey family. Like if I heard that name, I would remember who that was. And I was yeah. like, all right. There are some pretty, yeah, okay, there's some pretty big kidnappings out there that were all over the news, especially when you're thinking in 2000 and thinking back to, like, the 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we then pop on over to storyline B with Sarah and Warwick at their crime scene. Their victim has been reduced to ashes. Sarah is leaning towards this being spontaneous human combustion. I I made a note, and I imagine that any X-Files fans that are also listening to this podcast will understand. I literally wrote, Sarah wants to believe. <laughs> she wants to believe that spontaneous human combustion can be a thing. They find... They, oh, they get ahead. there real quick. Like, almost like there was a conversation. Immediately. Like, almost like there was a conversation that was edited down. Yeah. Like, I was like, I was like, it was like they were already talking about it before I knew what they were talking about. And yes. I thought that that was the only part that was really weird. But that, I thought it was kind of a fun little thing to chase after. And I like the way that it went. So we'll, we'll get to into it more later. But that was kind of like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure we're, we're, we're all in agreement that spontaneous combustion is not a thing. It's not a th- Spoiler alert. Turns out to not be a thing. They find during their this initial investigation a cotton fiber that probably belonged to the nightgown that is barely scorched. And this comes into play later on, which is why I'm mentioning it now. Yeah, it's a pretty big deal, I think, later on in the episode. Yes, it becomes a, a pretty big deal later on. So I, I actually think I forgot about it until, until that scene. I was like, oh, yeah. You're like, oh, right, yeah, uh, they mentioned that earlier on. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. We then go to the detective, in well, <laughs> interviewing the husband. He is claiming that they had no maritable problems. The detective is kind of asking some kind of are you guilty questions is, and uh, the husband our basically old, okay. our good old friend detective riley right yes detective riley yeah, from uh, and, episode one uh yes from episode yeah. one yeah yep, yep. and the husband eventually gets fed up with the line of questions he lets them know that he came to the station on his own you know volition and he you know he basically says like if you want me to be helpful i will be otherwise like i'm out and he storms off so i actually well obviously there's a very obvious reason why I had to at the end of the episode. But at this point I was like, I almost was like thinking I was going to, I had the, uh, a, a potential spot, the guest star moment. I was like, is this the guy from, I thought it was maybe the guy from mall rats with the, the magic eye picture. Oh, and then I got caught up in the timing being like, he's too old. He just kind of yeah, looks yeah, a yeah. bit like them. 
And then when I, and so then after I watched the episode, I looked up who that guy was. I was like, oh yeah, no, I definitely knew who that guy was. And I definitely know that this guy wasn't that guy. I was just having trouble remembering the other piece yeah, of content, yeah, yeah. but they yeah. they do look a little bit alike. But we do have a really big spot the guest star later. We have a later. very big spot the guest star later, which I had to confirm, even though I was like ninety five percent sure that this is the who this voice, is. But I was the, like, but I was like, let me just make sure that I'm not like crazy. I would recognize here. that voice from across the room. Yeah, I watched yeah, that yeah. show a yeah. lot. Yeah, I did. I watched yeah. it quite a bit as well. So we'll we'll get there pretty soon. So we then go to a scene with Jim Brass and Nick. This is where we learn that the safe was cracked with a plasma lance. We also learn that the Vic had been a, arrested in a case that evolved using a plasma lance and that the victim testified against a one Darren Hansen who was released last month. So, I don't know, maybe this guy has some, yeah. you know, desire to get back at the victim. Maybe. Yeah, so then we that leads us to uh, an interview with Darren. Nick, Catherine, and Jim Brass are there. In the interview, Darren says that Joe, the victim, was the Lance guy. He says that he was in Barstow. He provides receipts. They have to let him go. Yeah, I, I, I was watching. This is another moment where I was like, don't you think it's more suspicious than receipts? That he's just like, I immediately have but, receipts. But I mean, he was, my, but he was in prison. So. My dad. Well, first off, they don't talk about what he does, like, for work or anything. No. So my dad was, uh, like, a salesperson. Yeah. And so he would, he had, like, old man big wallet. Like, it was, like, two inches thick. Yep. With business cards and credit cards and, like, membership cards and, but also, like, receipts. Yes. He would hold on to those receipts from things because he would use them for taxes or for reimbursements. or Right, right. Whatever it was, I was like, I, I was like, at that time, people really did still kind of hold their receipts. They didn't have a great way. People were so balancing their checkbooks. I at mean, this to be time. fair, I have to still hold on to like I am going on a sunset cruise for work on Thursday, mm. and I'm gonna have to park in Boston. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna have to hold on to my receipt until I can upload my receipt and to oh, yeah. our accounting system for to sure. get reimbursed for it. Yeah, so, so like, I'm gonna have to hold on to it. So I was thinking maybe it was for work. Is was, was was one of the things I thought about. They didn't really say that. Yeah. But even if it wasn't. People were like, I, I used to, I used to like all the time clean up my wallet and have like three or four, like receipts because I just stuck it in there with the cash or something. Right, right. And and so and so that was one of those moments where I was like, it's actually a bit anachronistic by today's standards. That would be absurd to carry around these receipts in your pocket. But back then it was actually quite normal. Yeah, it was quite quite standard. So. We then go to Grissom with Melissa Marlowe's parents. They have brought baby pictures because uh, she was abducted at the age of four. So they have like some pictures of her from when she was like four and younger. Terry Miller walks in. So we're not done on the Terry Miller front. And we learn from Terry Miller that the eyes don't change and that Terry can age the pictures to create an image of what Melissa might look like today. You know, given how they left things, I was very happy to see that Grissom called Terry Miller in on, instead of being like the bone expert, he's calling her in for the image stuff, right? It's so he can be a creep later on in this episode. Yeah, well, we'll get there. I I, I had had words about your Twitter post. (laughs) I saw that. (laughs) Yeah, I I have some notes on that. Follow us on Twitter slash X, guys. Lauren chose the creepiest scene in the whole show. (laughs) (laughs) And I almost put a meme of Joe Biden. It was was like like an SNL joke. With, like, Joe Biden, like, sniffing people. Yes, yes. I was for that as a meme, and then I decided not to. But, yeah, no, that, I was, I, I, I have seen as that. But, 
you know, at least he called her, right? Instead of yes. this whole dance around thing. And, yeah. and she shows up in, like, fancy white satin power dress. She's clearly trying to, I feel like she's trying to make a little bit of a statement. Hey, you're going to leave me at dinner to go do work? Yep, this, this is what, what you're, you're missing. This is what you're missing out on, this buddy. what you're missing out on. Maybe think twice before, uh, before ditching me next time. Although she technically ditched him. I, I still I still believe that he was gonna stay, and she left. But yeah, I I kind of he, agree with you. He'll never admit that. He'll take he'll take the L. Yeah, yeah, he he's will. a champ. He will. So then we go to Catherine oh, with one more thing. They have yes. scene. They is this the scene where the parents ask like, oh, what are the chances or something? Mm, and then maybe. he just like weird response. I went, come on, Grissom, you're like the person who would give the yeah, answer. Like, I think it's thirty two point two percent. Yeah, I think they say like, what are our chances? Yeah. And he said like, this morning you thought she was yeah. dead, exactly. and now we have a start or something weird. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. I think that this which is, is the like scene. the tactful social thing to say, not the yeah, oh, I happen to know that the odds are forty one percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, or you know, something like that, and so. I was like, man, this is. I don't know if that's supposed to be character growth or not, but yeah, I think I think I think they more just wanted to have like the quip of, oh, we're better off than we were this morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We then go to Catherine with Tammy, the victim's daughter. She wants to say goodbye to her father. In this exchange, Catherine notices the spores, and then I had to put down in my notes with some exclamation point and question marks that she collects them with no warrant. Yeah, okay. So she just she just like tapes spores off of this woman's shoulder. No warrant, no like like I get that she's in CSI HQ, but I don't think that that gives you like mm-hmm. a free pass to collect whatever you want off of a person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so I've there's a bunch of things we have to cover here. First things first is I messaged you during the scene. Oh, this is this scene. Okay. Is I, I think I wrote it down. It was like 13 minutes and yeah. 15, 20 seconds. seconds I start, yep. I, here's what happens in the scene. She walks in and they zoom in on her face and they just hold there for an uncomfortably long period of time. Yeah. yeah, yeah as yeah. if they wanted me to get useful. So after coming off the Terry, we're going to recreate this face scene. I was like, what? And then they do it again. Like the body's out of focus and her face is in focus while she's IDing him. Yeah. And it's a long hold. And I went, Oh my God. I wrote down, is this girl, the missing girl? Like, why are we seeing, why yeah, are we yeah, spending yeah, yeah. so much time making sure we know what she looks like? Right. I do have to tell you though. My belief that this prediction was right waxed and waned a lot over like the four minutes it takes. Also, <laughs> here's the thing about predictions. They don't feel so grandiose when they like tell you three minutes later. And they right, basically right. do that. Yeah, it, they, they do. But they... in the between those three minutes, it was a roller coaster of maybe not because the, the, the spore thing made me think, oh, maybe not because now maybe this is two different storylines. Right. It just felt like it was going a completely different direction. And then when they were doing the facial reconstruction, at no point do I think that that face looked like that girl. No, not until the very end when they were like, Matt, <laughs> yeah, it was a big, that was a real big jump. Though. Yeah. Was... <laughs> <laughs> and, but then there was like right before Catherine walks, well, we'll get there in a second, but right before she walks in, 
they like don't show you the face. And I went, oh, it is going to be that. And then they're like turning it around. I went, oh, it won't. And then she's like, da, da, da. and then I was like, oh, it is. And it was, like I said, I was like, my belief in whether my prediction was correct changed five times in the next three minutes of the show. <laughs> Putting that all aside, let's talk about this for us. I 100% agree. You, this is probably inadmissible evidence at this point. Right. Like, how do you, how you do know, you count this as actual and, evidence? You can't and, just like take things off of people's bodies without their consent or like and, a judge's consent. And it's the most almost, I was trying to figure out, put it in context of the character, especially in the second watch through. You're just letting her do this. Yeah. She just stands there and lets her do it. And I was like, why? Why'd you do that? And then, but some people are just cocky. And yeah. And I mean, she, she had a, an off-the-cuff excuse. I was going to say, like, she ends up admitting that she was there. Uh, we see a re- recreation where she tries to stop the robbery. So that's how she explains why she has the spores, is that she, you know, caught her father in the act of attempting this robbery and tried to stop him. And that's that's how she got the spores. So I agree yep. that she just probably is overly confident and thinks that she can talk her way out of this. We go back to storyline B with Sarah and Warwick. They're talking with David. They want info on the foot, which is like the only like remaining part of this victim's body is this, her foot. This is my favorite scene of the whole episode. Oh, is it? For I have like almost multiple, no notes here. So please tell multiple, me. I, I both love, me. I love you like, what can you tell us about this foot? He's <laughs> like, yeah. where's the rest of the body? But no, my favorite line in this whole scene, scene is it works like, oh, you're just, so David, that's the name of the cor- the, the assistant coroner. Yep. So he has heard through the grapevine Sarah. Sarah thinks it's spontaneous. It's spontaneous combustion. Yeah. And works like, oh, you're only siding with her because you have a crush on her. And he goes, no, that's why I wore a nice coat <laughs> or a clean coat. A clean coat. That's yeah. why I put on a clean coat. That's why I put on a clean coat. And I went, dude, you handled that with such pizzazz she should ask you out that yeah was, that was that a was, good line was that like, was cavalier you, response i you know within and then they, they proceed this episode this scene to like have this whole thing where sarah is like intentionally putting herself physically in the way yes of where he's trying to get to yes. to make him awkward and i went yep. that's not cool sarah no don't don't no. don't toy you have this guy by a string you don't need to play with him like, no like i agree cat. i agree i was like but I, I mean, they do that for comedic yeah, yeah. relief. We, but. we also learn in the scene that the foot was burned off the body. It was not severed. Yes. So very important a... clue to like the overall cause of death was that the foot, foot was not burned. Oh, no, the foot was burned off the body. It was not severed from yeah, the Yeah, it body. wasn't like sawed off with right. like a hacksaw by an old lady with a reciprocating saw. <laughs> like that other episode. Yeah. The other yeah. episode with Terry <laughs> Miller yes. in it, right? Yes. They also take a sample of like the blood. Yes. Do they even come back? To, oh, yes, they do. Oh, right. That's the whole scene with Xander later. No, that's the paint. San- Sanders. Sander. Sorry. Okay. It's it's crazy because isn't there a Z in the actor's name? It's it's Eric. Uh, Z- Eric is Mandy. Yeah, and so and so I just I, it makes it even worse. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's San- Sanders, Sanders. Yes. like Bernie Sanders, Greg Sanders. It's also bad because. I have 10 years of watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That is true. That is true. You do. You do. We then head to, we already mentioned the scene a little bit. We go to Grissom and Terry on the computer. Terry is walking through the process of like aging someone using, you know, computer software. And I had to note that Grissom was just uncomfortably close to her. So uncomfortably close to her. He was like right 
up in her business. You don't need to be that close to her. What are you doing? Like almost uncharacteristically. Yes. Like, As someone who's like whole thing is that he's not that social of a person. Why are you that close to another human being? It's like every, it, it felt like the scene where in like a high school movie where they go see a movie at a movie theater and the guy's trying to lean in and put his arm around. Yes. Yes. You know, and she's like, cause uh-huh. he was doing that. He put his arm around the chair. Yeah. His, yeah, yeah. his nose was maybe two inches from her hair. The entire scene. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. His head was cut. I was like personal space, dude. Yeah. Calm Very uncomfortable. Down. We learned during this like very uncomfortably close encounter that there will be no future dates. And even if Terry wasn't already decided, I feel like this scene would have solidified her desire to have no future dates. I would have been like, you need to get away from me, yeah. sir. We're having dinner, just not together. Just not together. Yeah, because he's like, oh, we're going to have dinner together or dinner again. And she's like, oh, we'll have dinner again, just not together. So we learn that there will be no future dates between Terry and Grissom. Catherine walks in. This is the nice like reveal of like turning the computer around to show Catherine the aged picture of Melissa. And we realize, bum, 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 it's Tammy, as does Catherine. Catherine's like, I met her, and that's Tammy. She's the daughter of the victim and also like a suspect in my murder case. The prime suspect. <laughs> yes. Well, so then we, we shift on over to Grissom, Catherine, and Nick having a walk and talk, and they're discussing how Melissa might have murdered the man who kidnapped her. So they're thinking, oh, she might have murdered the victim and she might have murdered him because this was her kidnapper. Yep. We then go to spot the guest star scene with yep. Grissom and Catherine with the shrink, Dr. Kane. So, you know, I don't even, I didn't even write down his real name. I don't know but what his real he, name is. But he is, he's the dad from Family Matters. His name is Carl? Mr. Winslow. Carl Winslow. And for, if you don't know who Steve Urkel is, your life is worse because of it. Um, <laughs> and I, I don't, it's just like the perfect time of my life. Like that sort of like middle school, like early elementary into middle school. Is there a show called Family Matter? Matters? No. Yeah, it's Family Matters. Yeah, Family Matters name the show. Yeah. yeah, and I, I, at first it looks like him and I was like, oh. That's and then as soon as he spoke, it was just like, it's like is I remember that voice as well as I remember the voice of any aunt, uncle, cousin, yeah, 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 yeah. Fr- childhood friend that I have. I would recognize it on like a police audio lineup. I'd be like, oh no, that's the dad from <laughs> And it was uh, it was good. He's kind of a weird role. It's a weird. He is a police officer in Family Matters too, by the way. That's his job. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, he's a shrink yeah. in this. Yeah, but for the police. Well, I mean... I mean, he's not a police officer, but at least... Yeah, and he might just be, like, consulting for the police. Like, he might be just a normal shrink, and then he consults for the police. But he lets them know that Melissa slash Tammy might remember something of her former life, but there's also a good chance that she will exhibit sociopathy as an adult, because oftentimes children kidnapped at this young of an age end up displaying sociopathy as an adult. So Sarah and Warwick are back at their crime scene. We realize the husband has no motive, so he's kind of stricken off as a possible suspect. Warwick has brought in an ion detector to find an accelerant, but it finds zero accelerant. So no accelerant found. This is a magic box, by the way. There's no way this is a real thing. 
I have no idea. I did He's not. Like, this I, puppy I right watched, here I will identify watched, any hydrocarbon. I'm like. I actually finally watched the episode yesterday and not today, but I did not research this in between yesterday and today, so I have no idea. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, I'm I'm sure that's a thing, like a machine. Like I'm sure that's a real machine. It does, but it doesn't. It wouldn't do the thing that he was portending it to do, right? Which would be like identify the exact accelerant or something. Yeah. So we then have Nick walking into the lab where Greg Sanders is on a phone call with a girlfriend and Creepy. doing a I love you, I love you more no, sort you of back up. and forth. No, yeah, you, you hang, hang up, up first. And they end up looking at the swab together. They do this weird experiment that they use different lights over the material to see if it'll react. And they finally realize that it's uranium and thus the murder weapon had to have uranium as part of it or on it. Because so is, that's what reacted during the experiment. So there there are several uh, scenes in this episode where I thought it'd be a good time to have science with Nick. But mm, this is the one mm. I decided on okay, okay. in the second watch through, which is that there's something really cool going on here. Like one of the earliest ways we figured out that there were different atoms in the universe was they would bl- or in different molecules is like they would block different wavelengths of light. Okay. And well, realistically, what they're talking about here is like like phosphor, like it's like photophorescent. So the idea is that like the reason these other elements react with different like block different wavelengths of light is they absorb that wavelength of light, but eventually they give it back off. Okay. And and they give off that light, it's a different spectrum of light. So if you're looking at a star and there's a planet full of hydrogen in between you two. It's going to block all the wavelengths of light that hydrogen block. Yeah. And it might actually probably emit some extra light in some of their spectrums. I'm no astrophysicist, so please don't at me, astrophysicist. <laughs> That's the gist. But also, like, so th- what happens is the electrons absorb the photons. And they get excited, but they don't want to stay there. So they give the energy back at some point, and then that causes them to glow. Yeah. And so that's what they're seeing. They're like, if I hit you with the right wavelength of light, you'll glow. And, 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 and those are real. That's a real tool thing you can get. And it has a bunch of pre-programmed wavelengths. And they're just, okay. it's basically just a fancy flashlight. And if you shine the, I don't know why Sanders couldn't look through the microscope himself. He yeah, to have yeah. Nick do it other than to make it like, kind of, yeah, make it a more interesting scene. But yeah, you, you would just do that. But another really kind of cool thing that they, I actually thought, this is what's was going to come out of it is so they've identified it as uranium. Yep. Right. Yep. Is that uranium is also uh, reacts in to ultraviolet light and okay. then gives off a lower level of light. And very famously, we used to put it in glass. Okay. And to this, and it's illegal to do that now, but you can like buy this as like antiques as a whole groups of people collect it and they, yeah, if it glows in black light. So a lot of times people have these collections of uranium glass will have cases with black lights and you can turn on the, yeah, turn, turn the lights on. off, turn the black yeah, yeah. lights and they glow green, like, uh, like your standard glow in the dark green kind yeah. of color. Yeah. It's kind of cool. But yeah, this was like, uh, I was like, Oh, that's some cool little, little science. And then, and then they lost me when Nick starts freaking out about the radiation. Poison. Yeah. Like am I going to be I, radiation poisoned? I have uranium in my room right now it's not all uranium is like nuclear bomb uranium yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. there's only some you're only certain uranium so the uranium that would be in these things they decay at such a slower rate they're just not giving off a meaningful amount of uh radiation you could detect from the geiger counter which they do later but it wouldn't be as like violent 
as yeah. they show yeah. it. But yeah, it's it was a cool little it was a scene. I like that scene, and I thought it was some fun. It's old science. That's one of the things that that I liked about it. Is like I was like back when they like didn't even know what the universe was made out of yet, and they're still just trying to figure it out. Yeah, and it wasn't made of earth, wind, and fire. They figured yeah. it out, <laughs> and they were like, okay, it's made of these other things. And they're like, they're like, well, how many of these things are there out there? We don't know. And and so they would use light spectrometry and prisms and figure out like in like, like oh, I developed a new chemical because it's blocking this extra, making this extra black bar on the, on the light. And and we don't know what it is yet, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a, I don't know, I don't know. I actually don't even know when that period was. Sometime in the eighteen hundreds, yeah. all this was going on. But yeah, yeah, that's some really cool old science. We go to Grissom and Nick talking over the sink. Well, I guess Nick is at the sink. They're talking. And this is where we learn that uranium is used as a color enhancer, which transitions us to the next scene where Nick ends up scanning the store for uranium. He finds a gnome with a yellow hat and it sets off his detector and it also has a missing chunk on it. So does anyone else think it's weird that they had a guy in a pottery store who was bashed over the head three times and nobody went around nobody had like a, a rookie cop have to walk around yeah. and look at every single piece of pottery yeah, for blood and hair. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was like I was like, I can't believe they didn't already do this. Nope, nope. This is a um I can't remember what you labeled it in the last episode, but this is a, a CSI like halfway. Or yeah. just, you know, come on guys. Should have already done this, but you you decided not to. Well, they couldn't have done it or else they wouldn't have this dramatic moment. This is true. This is very true. We then had to Grissom with Melissa's parents. They want to know when they can see Melissa. We cut over to Catherine talking to Tammy. She's saying that her mother was Mara. She died, you know, a few years ago. Grissom walks the parents over to the interview room and is letting them know, like, hey, you can look, but, you know, you can't interact with her. You can you can just watch as we interrogate her for a murder. I wrote, this has got to be so illegal. It has to be. Like, a person's rights. Like, you can't, like... Yeah, you can't, like, broadcast somebody's... to strangers, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, they do... They do record like confessions and interrogations and they you you can access them online well, once they're part of a, like a, a, a case. case yeah you know what i mean they're yeah, into the yeah, public yeah. record because like yeah. one of the things that happens in a court proceeding is you enter something into evidence and the defense has the ability to say no you can't show that because it's private for this yeah, reason yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. and the judge will say actually no no it's it's normal evidence and it's fine and at which point it can be basically in the public domain yeah yeah. Based yeah. on the jurisdiction and the rules, but sometimes th- those things get sealed, right? If this was a minor, right? Yeah. You know, those things would not be easily released. And so, yeah, but also, like, I think there are all these rules about, like, a strange, like, she, Tammy is not a child anymore. Right. You have no legal right to her. Right. She's 25. Whether she remembers you or not. Right. She's 25. And so, yeah, it's, uh, it's like you can't just, like, I, I don't think you can even, you shouldn't have even told them who she was. Like, she has a right to privacy, yeah, basically. Yeah, right to privacy. Point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I so don't know how that works. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's not illegal to tell her, but it's it's definitely careless, and it's definitely very unprofessional. Yes, yeah. Which, I, Catherine 
definitely chews them out a little for it, but a not, bit. not as much as he deserves. Enough. No, not as much as he deserves. So Tammy leaves the interrogation room. Obviously, the parents rush over to her. She tells them, look, like, I'm not your daughter. I don't know who you are. After she leaves, the mother wants to know, like, who is she now? And they let her know that she's Tammy Felton. Her mother was Maura. And that's when we learn that Maura Felton was her babysitter and was questioned when she the kidnapping occurred. Yeah, that's really, like, glossed over, right? Very quickly in that scene. Yes. But very key, right? So we're aligning that presumably the mother kidnapped her. And that's how they, they, they raised her. I also want to point out here, we will get to this later, but we learn later on that at that point, Tammy for sure knew who those people were. She yes. for sure knew that she was kidnapped. Yes. Yep, right? she knew. And so she is already playing the long game here. Yes. Yes, which 100%. Is very conniving. Yes. And, and, and yep. I thought it was really good. Yeah. So we learned that her parents are going to get a lawyer for her. And once the parents leave, Catherine, as you mentioned, sort of chews Grissom out, but not really. And is basically like, what were you thinking? And he's like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't know. I just kind of wanted to see what was going to happen. And Catherine rightfully tells him that, like, you're not good with people. Like, you, you just, like, he, he, do not understand people, and you are not good with people. They they keep telling him that. I feel like, I feel like at one point earlier, he was like, I'm not good with people. Like, he was being, like, trying to throw it back in people's face. I mean, yeah. that's later on. But he's like, oh, I just want to observe them. Like, they're ants at a colony or something. It's like, yeah. it's so... So weird. So weird. Yeah. I feel like we're still in uh, Grissom's character limbo. I feel like we're going to yes, be here for the end of the season. It's, this then, is not a good... Rewatching season one doesn't stir good feelings for Grissom. And Grissom, I love Grissom. He he really does become a solid character. But man, yeah. season one, Grissom is rough. <laughs> this is a rough version un, of Grissom. Un, unrefined. <laughs> unrefined, for sure. We then head over to Warwick and Sarah. They are experimenting on a pig. They're trying to recreate the death. This Great is where we learn back. that, yes, because she does mention that, like, Sarah mentions that she hasn't eaten meat since the time that Grissom used the pig to determine time of death on the woman that had been find, yeah. found wrapped up in a blanket. So yeah. Yes, because she was cold. So the bugs was, yeah. grew at a different rate. Yep. Yeah. And this is where we learned that the tests from the foot came back that she had sleeping pills in her blood enough to, like, down a horse. So she was, like, very sedated at the time. And then we end this scene with, with Warwick dropping a cigarette on the nightgown. So they put the nightgown on the pig, they put the pig on the chair, they drop the cigarette on the pig. I just thought, like, they show Warwick, like, lighting... First off, Warwick puts the cigarette in his mouth like he's smoked his whole life. But they never showed anyone in this show smoking. No. Right? But Sarah also has a lighter Sarah has a lighter. Like, she smoked her whole life, too. Yeah. And I was like... I was like, that's... This is before vapes became the thing. Yeah, I mean, or just like smoking was definitely far more prominent in circa 2000, early 2001. Oh, for sure it was. Than it is now. Yeah, yeah. And like, you used to probably be able to walk into a room and be like, does anyone have a lighter and always get one? Yeah. yeah. Whereas like, that's not, depending on the circles you run in, part yeah, of the country yeah, yeah. you live in, that's no. not necessarily like, true. Like if, you're, if you're at my house, but, I can give you matches that I have for literally when I lose power and I need to light candles. I have like matchbooks. And then I have a grill lighter. Yep. Yeah. yeah. If I need to like light my grill, that's literally all. Grill. That's that's all I got. Like I'm like if you need a if you need a a lighter lighter, I can't help you. (laughs) I I actually I actually have lighters for 
this is a real deep cut here, Ooh. but I have a hobby, which is that I like shine boots and shoes. Yes. And I have a whole kit, and so melt wax. I have a oh okay like a okay. small bic lighter, yeah, but yeah, I yeah, almost yeah. never use it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. if you have like a big gouge in your leather boot, you can yeah, fill you it can in, use it. Melt some wax in it, fill it in, sand it down, smooth it over. Okay, that makes sense. Um, I don't really do. I haven't really done that much of that recently, so it's probably leaking lighter fluid yeah, in a box in somewhere. the corner of my room. <laughs> That'll be a accelerant that uh, work can find with an ion uh, yep. detector, detector later on. Yep. We'll be like, oh, after my house burns down, but yeah. Uh, well, yeah, hopefully not. Well, we go to Grissom, Nick, and Catherine arriving at Tammy's place. They have a warrant. As they search, Nick finds gloves with yellow paint. They run some tests on site amazingly to show I, that it is positive for urine <laughs> i thought this test was, this is a this is another situation where i feel like the scene was cut out mm. like mm. where somebody had to be like well what if we if we were to find the uranium like how would we know or the thing how would we know it has uranium in it and so and then there was probably like a grissom scene and said well actually the you know this works this way that works out but yeah there's um so what they basically do is they put a coat over it's Polaroid film from an old Polaroid camera. They put it underneath, and Nick does this thing. They show it. They don't tell you what's going on. No. But the the bottom thick part of a piece of Polaroid has the secondary chemical in it. Yeah. And there's like a snap. There's like it's like a seal there you can break, and it floods on, and that causes the picture to set, so that it's no longer being exposed. But yep. the the radiation from anything will make little will trigger the 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 film and a camera and this is the other nick i feel like i'm already there but this is the other nick science thing but very famously when the u.s discovered made the first nuclear weapon and nobody knew about it yes one company did know about it and their name was kodak and they spent a lot of money trying to figure out why all of their film was getting destroyed and it was from radioactive fallout like background radiation. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and they yeah, had to yeah, put yeah. in extra things to protect their film. Yeah, and people's people's film were just starting to be grainy. If they, from all the, I think it was sites that were close to where they set off the nuclear bomb, or like in a wind path or something. Yeah, and like this, the like the army or whatever had eventually had to like they started asking questions, and they were gonna like write papers and they had to show up and be like, "Listen, guys, you can't talk about this. <laughs> this is a matter of national security." War time, like I, I don't remember if it was. I think it was during World War Two or maybe right after World War Two because those events are fairly close to each other. But yeah. that's like a famous story. But yeah, that's one of the things. So I think maybe they cut out a scene where they talked about this being a way they could test it. So then when they got there and they had some, because you would ask that question like, well, how would you test to make sure it was uranium or yeah. or something yeah. else? Even yeah. though they had a Geiger counter. Yes. But yeah. oh well. All right. This is this was a more uh, again dramatic effect way of finding out. So Grissom asked Tammy if she had ever worn those gloves. She vehemently vehemently denies that she has. They end up cutting the gloves open. They take a print from inside the glove. They take a print from her right index finger. On scene, they make a match, perfect match. My so, first thought was, are you just cutting open evidence like that? Yeah, they're just Could destroying you evidence. The OJ Simpson trial. Yeah, they like, just cut the gloves. <laughs> the glove was already cut. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, if the I glove can't... don't fit. You must acquit, and it's just like falling <laughs> off his hands. Because <laughs> it's cut open. That's all I can think of. It's the most uh, famous glove related. It really is criminal is case of all time. But yeah, yeah, I was just like, I was like, and also when she's like inside, they had like a de- like a police officer, but this is again CSI people. You need to have officers present. 
Yeah. When you're hanging out with people, you're accusing of murder. Yes. Yes. Uh, you left that d- the officer outside. Will the person you think is a murderer was inside with all of you? Like yeah. <laughs> episode twenty-two of CSI could easily be the last episode of CSI if I didn't know if it wasn't for IMDb. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, at some point, they just continue like they're just gonna kill. So, someone's gonna kill all of these characters. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where we're first introduced to. Tammy's split personalities. She claims that somebody else was there and it was Melissa Marlowe yep. was there. Womp, womp, womp. Which she brings was. us... Oh, go ahead. She was. They found a fingerprint. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So they, they bring us to the next scene with Jim Brass, Catherine and Grissom back with our shrink. And this is where they're talking about split personalities. And if she does have split personalities, that Tammy is the dominant personality. So she would be aware of the other personalities. The other personalities wouldn't be aware of any other personalities. Famously, Steve Urkel and family matters also has a split personality. Mm, this is so a true Carl story. Winslow would be an expert in this. This is true. This is a good point. This is a very solid point. So then we go to the parents, Melissa's parents with quote unquote Tammy, and they bring in Randy painter, who is going to be the defense attorney to represent her. And this is when Tammy notices the mom's necklace and... Pretends to notice. Yeah, pretends to notice. And the mom is like, oh, yeah, you used to play with this necklace all the time when you were a kid. Like, don't you remember? And then they agree to raise 10% of her bail basically at any cost. Like, whatever they need to do to get her out of prison or keep her out of prison, they're going to do. They're going to raise the 10% for her bail. You're going to raise 10% of $500,000 at any cost. Otherwise known as precisely $50,000. Yes. But this is, you know, 2001, and uh, this ends up, it comes up later, but this ends up costing them a lot in, in the in scheme Las of things. In Las Vegas, that's probably 50% of the value of your home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In 2001. Yeah, yeah. So we then head back to work and Sarah at their experiment. They realize that the fat acted like candle wax. This is a scene, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, where we've talked about this before, where Grissom could just get to the point but instead he makes people jump through ridiculous and stupid hoops and basically grissom knew the answer to this case and made them experiment because like that's how you learn so i'm gonna waste there's no other way for people to learn things other than to yeah burn through department resources and this is we just talked about this on the last episode so if you're if you're listening to these in order this will make a little bit more sense but Grissom just got angry at Sarah in the last episode for maxing out her overtime every month. And then he's making her do pointless experiments that are... Show her. Here's a hobby for you. What do you want? Here's a diversion. What do you want? Uh, All I can think is like, one, this makes you a terrible boss. A horrible boss. Like, okay. I will say as a boss, like some, like, okay. Here's my here's my strategy as a boss is I want my employees to come to their own conclusion. But I've told them, "Hey, spend like a, a some time on it." But if it like if it gets to the point of you like, you know, having to spend beating crazy resources or yeah. beating your head against the wall, then come to me and let's talk about it. But I do think that there is there is some precedence for like, "Hey, go out there and try to do it yourself and try to learn it yourself." There's a limit there's to that though. There's a, a healthy limit to that. <laughs> there's a vast difference between like my employee is develops a new novel problem 
and I want you to spend time trying to solve a problem before asking for help. I want you to time box yourself, yep. right? Yeah. There's a certain point, like you, that's part of the judgment skill is, is and, and that's one of those things that you teach people or instruct people like, yeah, maybe you didn't need to spend three days on this. Maybe you should have spent a day on it. And when you get to day two, that's what would have been a right. good time to ask right. some advice versus like me seeing a problem and then pretending it doesn't exist to see what hap- what, what an employee does. Right. Which is really what Grissom did, which is like, I already know the answer to this. I'm just going to test them and yes. see how much time and energy they can waste. Right. It must be slow season in CSI. Must be That's slow. A, yeah, they must not know, have enough. must be like, I don't have anything else for them to do, so this is yeah, like busy might as well work. Just like... It's, like, it's like the version of like corporate trainings. Yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. So we also learned the scene that that piece of fabric that they found when they initially got to the scene basically acted like a wick, which is why it was scorched but not burned, was because it basically acted like the the wick. So I do appreciate that Warwick covered for Sarah though. Thankfully oh, yeah. someone is standing up for Sarah. Sarah has been thrown under the bus these last few episodes. So thank you, Warwick, for covering for Sarah. Because like, yeah, she wanted to believe in spontaneous human combustion, but like you didn't let her you know, they're look like bad the, in Grissom's eyes. Like, you you covered for her, man, and I appreciate that. Thank they're you, like the Warwick. renegade duo, those two. You know what I mean? Like yes. Yeah, they've been they're paired a lot recently. They're constantly being ostracized by yes. everybody else. Yes, yes. Uh, and, and it's good that they, you know, they started with a very rough relationship, so. Yeah. So They have a, a very sort of friendly banter in that scene. Especially with, like, the cleanup. And, like, yeah, I, I like that their working relationship has evolved from her investigating him to them seemingly mutually respecting one another investigating him twice investigating him twice yes but now they seem to mutually now they seem to mutually respect each other and i i appreciate that that's where their relationship has been able to evolve i didn't uh get the wick thing the first time i watched it either Mm. but then i the second time i was like oh it's like when they say like the wick effect they mean like the way that like because when you burn a candle, a wick on a candle does burn, but it's more like the oil lamps that you get. Yes. Where it sucks yeah. the oil up the wick, yeah. and so it's not burning. But you know what? Then I was immediately like, wait, but the wick does burn when you run out of oil. Like, when you run out of human. Yeah. yeah. When you run out of human. Yeah. Well, maybe it, like, fell burn. away from the body, and that's, yeah, they could, did find it, could, it, like, separate right. from the body. I guess that's right. It could burn on that end and then blow, yeah. like, fall down. Yeah, because I, I think they found that's it, a like, point. a little ways away from the body. So, that's a real good point. Yeah, we go back to our first storyline with Catherine visiting, quote-unquote, Melissa in jail. She wants Catherine to testify that she wasn't sane when she killed Joe, the man who abducted her. And she's trying to tell Catherine that the last, like, 21 years are blank. And Catherine intelligently is like, okay, well, if you don't remember the last 21 years, then you wouldn't remember me. And Did you Tammy does a- an about face and is kind of like, screw you, you mm-hmm. caught me. You know. Then she does this weird thing when she's walking away where she like pretends again. Yeah, she pretends and then she's like, practicing. Oh, he's practicing for court. Do you did you have a thought? So my first thought was like, Catherine, you're better than this. You should have sat on that. You should have given that to the defense attorney. I mean maybe you should have taken in that stand and let them cross reference you be like, Well, well, don't you, uh, did the defendant remember your interaction? He was like, yeah, she did. I was like, so that would imply that she did remember 
some of the times yeah, yeah. between four I mean, she and could testify to this interaction she said yeah. like hey we have no like privilege here so like anything you say to me can be used i mean catherine says that to her when she shows up so but catherine as, could just testify to this it's interaction it's not no. no but yeah it was also like as as we've mentioned we never actually see what happens to these cases no so uh well, we learn the audience little... payoff is is exactly what they did. So we learn a little bit about this sense. one though, because the next scene, Catherine goes to Grissom's office, and yeah. we learn that the prelim has been postponed indefinitely because Tammy has skipped bail. So, shucker. We also learn that her parents lost their house and their life savings in trying to like put up the bail for her. So they they, they are they basically really out. Need it everything that they need they have a new place to live yeah so well yes because Catherine then calls jim brass and she wants a credit card report from the parents and this is how they learn that they bought multiple tickets for tammy so that she couldn't be tracked so they bought 22 like 22 states they said? 22 state or 21 22 states something like that and so when they go and they talk to her parents they say hey arrest us like melissa's free that's all that matters we don't care like arrest us so yeah their their new home is is prison yep. they don't care and, and then like i this last scene before okay. we get there i mean we're, we're there Continue. so this last scene blew my mind i totally forgot about this other character yes. yes and it made perfect sense and i don't know why i didn't see it coming and i was like wait yeah i it, and then like the receipts make sense right it's like yes. a purposeful alibi. Very so, purposeful yeah, let, alibi. Let me, let me let you tell the thing, but I was just like, yeah, so for, when I saw this, I was like, wow, what, an, what, what a finish. So for those listeners who don't watch the episode and then listen to our podcast, which is probably the best way to enjoy this podcast, but we're also, obviously, we give you a rundown of the episode, so you don't have to watch the episode and listen. But for those who have not seen the episode or haven't seen it in a long time, our final scene is Tammy getting off of a bus that says Salt Lake City on the front of it. She gets off the bus. She's, like, in the middle of absolutely nowhere. She's just at this, like, random bus stop, just desert all around her. And then who comes to pick her up but Darren, the guy who her father testified against when they did a robbery, like, X amount of years ago. And this is where we learn that Tammy knew the entire, well, at least, like, since the murder, right before the murder, knew that she had been abducted because Darren told her the truth about her quote-unquote father and tammy also let him know that he knew exactly what she would do if she found out the truth so darren knows that she's a dangerous individual and purposely told her the truth about being abducted and they ride off into the sunset because darren had just got out of prison yes like a month a few months ago yeah. yeah And yeah. So yeah, and they're apparently like together. I, I they don't really, like make out or kiss. Yeah, or but I think we're we supposed get this to idea that they might be romance. I think they're supposed to be. The, I think there's a very heavy implication that there is a romantic component to them riding off real, in the sunset together. Because she like takes her jacket. Because she like takes her jacket off and is just like yeah. in this little tank top she, and like flipping her hair. She rips like cap off her head yeah, yeah, yeah. i thought oh second spot the guest star merida from, <laughs> <laughs> from brave brave i did i will admit that i i checked this again this was another case of like do i just recognize her from this or do i actually recognize her from something else and i don't recognize her from it i did look at her imdb and she has been in other things but nothing else that i was like oh i would know her from that so the uh the original dad not the dead dad mm. is in like a 
90210, like 180 episodes. Oh, I, I never, I watched, never, that show I never watched that show either. I have so no I, idea yeah, who he is. I don't know. I was like, I didn't watch that either. So I don't, don't but he looks kind of familiar too. You know, I, I was like, I don't know. I was like, maybe he was in something I watched. And yeah, it's really kind of fun to explore all the guest stars and see if I've seen them and things. And anytime someone looks semi familiar. But the more and more I do it, the more and more I realize that there's just a lot of people who look like a lot of other people out there. Yeah. And I don't really remember my childhood very well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Nick, what did you think about this episode? I liked it. I I, I felt like it kept me guessing. It, it gave me some surprises. There was no, like, overtly awful science. There was just a lot of creepy grissom. Mm. I feel like maybe the B storyline was a little weak. The A storyline was pretty good. So I like that. Yeah, I think that's basically where I land. I think storyline A, solid. The first time I saw it, I definitely, you know, they they were able to fool me a few times watching it. Like yeah. I was like, oh, does she really have split personalities? And like, does she really this? Does she really that? And I definitely didn't see the Darren thing coming at the end the first time I watched it. So I appreciate that. Looking back, the first time I watched it, I did not see the true outcome of the first storyline. But I also agree that, like, the second one was almost a throwaway. Like, it was the, almost like, what are, other than to make, like, Sarah look like, oh, look at Sarah the idiot who believes in spontaneous human combustion. Like, what oh, else really? was the point? I Well, I didn't get that feeling from Sarah. I really felt it was more like Sarah was chasing the excitement of something new. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Wouldn't it be cool if this were true? And like, it'd be awesome. Uh, but like I, I want really... Bigfoot. I want Bigfoot to be real. I want Loch Ness to be real. Like I'm not saying they are, but Champ. like I want them to be because like how That'd awesome cool. would that be if they That's, were? Like that more, would be great. Like I it's want. A, it's a more interesting world to live in if, it's, yes. if they're true, right? Yes. Like I know that there's so many creatures at like the bottom of the ocean that we don't know about, and that's like super exciting. But it'd be also cool if there was like random creatures in the woods that we didn't know about. That would be awesome. I want to live in a world where there's more random stuff that we don't know about. Yeah, the one the one sort of saving grace in the B-plot line is just how much character development there was between Sarah and Warwick. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, and, like, I think that's why the storyline isn't that great. Was, like, it wasn't about trying to solve a crime here. It was about yeah, getting them to work together. Yeah. Kind of together, having that, yeah, having that moment where he covers. Yeah. And it just kind of, like, mends all the fences and make sure that they realize they're a team they're in this together but also they're very playful too it's a very sort of yes. back and forth you don't really think this and then he kind of starts to believe maybe it's true and yeah yeah they get the pig and but they're still kind of like hanging out at the end like obviously they already knew it was over when grissom shows up but they're they were like playing games backgammon or something I don't yeah know what yeah, it yeah. Was. yeah they were and playing so, something while they were like waiting yeah, for so the they experiment just, yeah they were just hanging out at that point like they they already knew what the answer was but they were happy to spend time together. And so yeah. that was probably, that's actually probably the, we didn't even talk about the fact they were playing this random game, but that was maybe no, one of the most up. important, like little nuance things. Yeah. That they were just like there. hanging out as friends basically. Yeah. It's that they were, they were just spending time together versus, you know, being like, Oh, the work's done. Let's get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, next week we will be back with Season 1, Episode 18, 35KOBO. In the meantime, you can follow us on Facebook at Who Are You, colon, a CSI podcast. You can also find us on Twitter slash X threads and Instagram at Who Are You, CSI pod. You can also email us if you want to at Who Are You, CSI pod at gmail.com. And we'd love it if you want to reach out to us. Use either tag us, you know, at one of our social media handles or use the hashtag who are you csi pod and until then we will talk to you next week no spoilers no spoilers